0: You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you. Father, just uh, again, the victory of this church, e- each and every day that we walk through these, through these buildings, um, just the joy that continues to be poured out. Father, I just praise you for that. Um, The victories of baptism this past month god thank you so much for moving this church thank you for letting us feel your presence Um, there's nothing i hate more than walking in somewhere and not being able to feel you and again i praise you every time i walk through this church father we feel you and we thank you for your presence i ask that your presence take over this congregation today Um, the sermon that you've got me preaching today is is one that uh, I think will definitely weigh on a lot of people Uh, so father again I just ask that um, just make your presence very known for the ones that may not be feeling you today father you've given me this sermon and in this moment I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet Father, that you take any distraction, um, anger that I may have, um, mostly just distraction, Father, this past week, just any distraction, Father, I ask that you take that away from me today, Father, you replace it with your wisdom, your concentration, and most importantly, Father, your love. I ask these things in your name, help us to love, laugh, and forgive, amen. Amen. Today we are, uh, we're going to continue our series on the three P's of prayer. So two weeks ago we discussed the first two uh, P's of prayer that I was talking about. Last week, obviously, you know, we, we missed last week. God had me preach on something else. We talked about con- con- controversial conversations, sorry, uh, last week. Thank you all very much, by the way, for the ones that reached out to me, giving me confirmation that you all needed to hear that. I needed to hear that as well. Thank you all very much for that. Uh, But this week, again, we're going to continue on with this series. Uh, I'm going to try my best to finish it today. Uh, Like I said, two weeks ago, we started with the first two Ps. We learned that the purpose of prayer is not about us. The purpose of prayer is all about God and building His kingdom. If you'll remember, we talked about, for thine is the kingdom. You know, the Lord's Prayer, it's what it talks about. So therefore, it's all about Him. That's how we should end every prayer. Father, of all these things I prayed about, make sure that they build your kingdom, and it has nothing to do with my selfish pride, right? So that's the purpose of prayer. Then we talked about the two steps it takes to receive the power of prayer. Uh, the number one thing that you have to do is you got to make time for God so you can grow in your personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then number two, got to make room for God. So you can add more of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you remember I did a a demonstration, you know, y'all called me the prop pastor where I had my water jugs up here and we talked about how you've got to grow yourself so you can fill up more again with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when it comes to times when you've got a large situation in front of you, a big problem in front of you, you have enough of the Holy Spirit in your heart to knock that out through prayer, okay? This week, today, We're going to learn about the third P of prayer, and that is the plan of prayer. Plan of prayer. I want to start this by asking you guys a question. And I know we've all done this, but how many of you in this room have prayed so hard about something, and it didn't happen? Show of hands. If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. Or you just ain't been hitting the teeth yet. One of the two. You know, you think about the times that you prayed for somebody that was ill and they died. The times that you prayed about a financial situation you were in and you went bankrupt. The time that you prayed about your teenage daughter opening her Bible and getting to the verse in time and she didn't. Those are prayers, guys, I know we've all had them where we've, we've asked God for something and again, it doesn't happen. When this happens, we start to ask ourselves and we start to wonder, why didn't God answer my prayer? Does he even hear me? Does he even care? I know I'm not the only one in here that's asked that question before. Sometimes we just need to understand that God's plan is beyond our understanding. We also need to understand that sometimes the outcome of our prayers are completely out of our control. There's Nothing we can do about that. But there is something that we can do. Sometimes it is our own fault that our prayers don't get answered. Did y'all know that? Did you know that you can hinder your own prayers from being answered? God has shown me seven reasons for unanswered prayers. And get this, of these seven, six of them, we control ourselves. Six out of the seven. That's 87% of our unanswered prayers could completely be our fault. But we seem to always go to God. God, why didn't you answer this? God, why didn't you fix this problem? Today, hopefully, this will put us in check, and you'll start to understand some reasons why maybe you do have some unanswered prayers, and it's because it's your own fault. I want to look at these seven reasons. The first reason our prayers are going unanswered is because of unconfessed sin in our lives. Unconfessed sin. Let's go look at Psalm 66, 16 through 18. Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. What is unconfessed sin? It's one of two things, guys. It's either a sin that you've hidden or it's a sin that you're living in. It's one of those two things. A sin that you've hidden could be something that you did to somebody years ago. Nobody knows about it only you, and you didn't go and correct the situation. You see, what I need you to understand is, is when you hang on to a sin like that, not only does it weigh you down spiritually, but it completely disrupts your prayer life. Because God's wondering, you, you're trying to speak to me, but you ain't gone and handled this situation that I'm trying to convict you of. Living in sin is a completely different ball game. That's literally when you're sinning and you continue to sin, and you continue to sin, and you don't feel the conviction. That is unconfessed sin. If you have that weighing on your heart, if you're living that kind of life, your prayers are being hindered. The second reason our prayers are going unanswered is because of selfishness. Let's look at James 4.3. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Your pleasure. If what you are asking for in prayer is only for your pleasure, God is not listening. Now, this doesn't mean God will not give you good things, guys, because he will. But I need you to understand that's not because of prayer. That's because you're living in his favor. There's a difference. God's not giving you something because you sat there and prayed for it and prayed over it. He's giving it to you because you deserve it. You feel me? And He trusts you with it. Now, that doesn't mean, I don't want to get any confusion here. That doesn't mean you can't pray for things, but it can't be for your own pleasure. You can pray for things for other people, you can pray for things that will better yourself, but it betters the kingdom. You feel me? But when you're asking for, you know, let's just say, okay, God, you know, I want, I want to start this business, and I want to be a millionaire. Well, he's not just going to hand you a million dollars. That's not how that works. You're going to go. You're going to work hard for it. On top of that, if you make sure that through this business that God gets all the glory, and then when people see you starting to cash in on this million dollars, they see that you're giving to the church. You're giving to the community you're making sure God's kingdom is grown through your business, then he'll give you the million dollars, right? Now, that doesn't mean he's always going to do that, by the way, okay? I've been in business 15 years. I am not anywhere close to being a millionaire, okay? I know that's right. There he is. I knew I could count on you, man. Who just did that? Who was that? I knew I could count on you for that. The third reason that our prayers are going unanswered It could be because you have an idol in your life or idolatry. Let's look at Ezekiel 14.3. These leaders have set up idols in their hearts. They have embraced things that will make them fall into sin. Why should I listen to their request? If you go read Ezekiel chapter 14, you'll see that God did not answer their prayers. He did not answer their requests. We're not going to go over that because I don't have enough time. You can go read it yourself. Ezekiel 14, go read it amen thank you an idol is anything that takes the place of god in your life you know it could be money a job you know i'm I'm, you know god i can't again i talked about this a few weeks ago you know god i can't go to work this sunday because i'm too tired because i had to work too late last night and i've worked all week and i'm working all these extra hours and god i just i ain't got time to go to church on sunday find another job I'm not trying to be a turd. I'm being honest. If you can find a way to get another job and still supply for your family, then you go find another job. Don't let that affect your relationship with God. Don't put that ahead of God. Money, don't definitely don't put money ahead of God. The love of money is the root of all evil, right? Relationships, putting relationships ahead of God. You know, I just got this new boyfriend, and, you know, I love him, and... Y'all that mess? <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't let the, <laughs> somebody threw up over there. <laughs> All kidding aside, y'all seen it before. Y'all probably had a relationship before where, you know, I'm going to stay out late Saturday night with, with my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Instead of going home, getting to bed and going to church the next day. And sometimes, this is the worst part, you'll get in a relationship where they're living in sin and you just climb right on board. You've just put an idol ahead of God. I need you to understand there's nothing wrong with having passion about some of these things, but your passion for anything should never be greater than your passion for God. It's okay to like things. It's okay to have a passion for new homes, um, your relationships, a hobby. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But the minute that you put it in front of God, it's become an idol. If you're putting anything ahead of God, guys, in your life, He's not even listening to your prayers. Why should I even listen? The fourth reason our prayers are going unanswered is because of unforgiveness in our life. We'll go look at Mark eleven twenty five. I already heard people like, mm, yeah, yeah. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. I know, I heard that, but it meant her. It didn't say her. (laughs) You ladies act like y'all ain't done nothing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anyone in your life that you're holding a grudge over? I asked that question again, got real quiet. Is there anybody in your life that you're holding a grudge over? I can tell you how you can answer this is, is when I just said that, somebody's face popped in your, in your mind. Could have been a neighbor. Could have been a spouse. Could have been an ex-spouse. Could have been a politician. But it could not be your pastor. <laughs> Amen? That's right. I hope my face didn't pop up when I asked that question. <laughs> Somebody in her like, dang, that dang pastor made me mad last week. Thank you, brother. All kidding aside, Christian warriors, if you have unforgiveness in your heart towards someone else, your prayers are being hindered. The number five reason our prayers are being unanswered is because we simply give up or quit. We give up or we quit praying. Let's look at Luke 18.1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Jesus goes on to tell this. This is the parable of the persistent woman and the judge. Again, you got time? Go read it. It's excellent. Don't have time today. Got to keep moving on. But I want to talk about Daniel chapter 10. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel knew times of war and hardship were coming, so he started to pray. Daniel prayed for 20 days with no answer to his prayer. But on the 21st day, guys, on the 21st day, an angel shows up to Daniel. And Daniel's like, man, I'm so glad you finally here. What took you so dang long? And the angel says, what you don't know is in the spirit realm, I was fighting the evil one. And I was struggling. And I had to call Michael, the archangel, to come and help me defeat him so I could get down here to you and answer your prayer." So what I need you to grasp, guys, just because you're not getting a quick answer doesn't mean, I promise you, that he's not fighting for you. He's fighting for you. Even Jesus himself had to pray three times in the garden before he had peace to go face that cross. If the Son of God's got to pray for something three times, who the heck do we think we are? We pray once and we quit. And listen, we're all guilty of it. I don't care who you are. There ain't no righteous, amazing Christians all over the place in this room. Trust me. We've all prayed for something one time and quit. I guarantee you. But you can't quit. You've got to be persistent with it. You've got to stay on top of it. When, when you've got something that's in your life that you've got to get an answered prayer for, you pray until you get the answer. And sometimes that answer is no. You take it and you praise him for it. Don't quit praying. The thing is, guys, I need you all to understand, if he says no, a lot of times it's not no, it's just not yet. Y'all feel me? That's happened to me a lot. And how you know that, by the way, is if it stays on your heart. After he says no, if it stays on your heart, that means he wants you to come back to it at some point in time. Your spirit will forget about it if you allow him to. But if your spirit continues to pull that back up inside of you, that means, okay, that meant not yet. Let's start praying about it right now. I want to look at this on the other side of the spectrum. I'm going to ask you another question. Let's say you're in a crisis. God answers your prayer and gets you through that tough situation. Once God answered that prayer, did your prayer life change? Oh, I heard you. I heard you. Mm. Do you pray different when you're in a crisis and when you're not? You shouldn't. James chapter 5 tells us that we should pray in every season. In other words, your prayers should be just as focused and intense in the good seasons as they are in the bad seasons. I'm very guilty of that. Things are tough. Man, I'm on my knees. I mean, I'm I'm getting after it, right? Shouting, getting upset, getting alone, getting in my private place to really get after a prayer because I'm mad about something. And then it gets answered and everything's good and the next day I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for everything. You're so awesome. God's like, where's that intensity that I had yesterday? I got other things you can pray that intense about. Just ask me for it. We should be intense in our prayers every day. Every day. Because here's what I need you to understand. Satan's intense every day. He don't stop. He's not going to slow down. He's not going to back off. So why are we doing that in our prayer life? Needs to be your focal point, guys. The next time you see one of your friends struggling, I just got a text a little while ago about something going on with one of my brothers in another church. And I sat back there, why so I went back there. I went back there by myself and started praying for him and just claiming it in Jesus' name, a victory over that church and that situation because it ain't right. I know it's Satan attacking. Guys, that needs to be your mindset just because it ain't your problem. It's your father's problem. And you need to be intense about that just like you would your own problems. We got to help each other out, guys. Think about that today. Who's struggling? Who's struggling in your life? Go get in your prayer closet and get after it. Watch what happens, by the way. You start walking in God's favor even more because now He knows it's not all about you, it's about all of His other children. The sixth reason our prayers are being unanswered is because we are treating others wrong. Let's look at Matthew 5, 23, and 24. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. In other words, what God's saying right here is, don't even come to me. Don't even walk up to the altar. If you know you've done my other child wrong over here and you ain't fixed that problem, don't come to me. Y'all, he's a father. I'd do the same thing with my children. You know, if if Annabelle busted Sadie in the mouth, don't do that. I would literally... (laughs) Be like, go apologize. But, Daddy, can I go to the mall? What? Can I have money to go out with my friends go to the movies? No. You just busted your sister in the mouth. Like, guys, think about it. He's our father. He's going to treat us the same way. When you do something wrong to one of his children, one of your brothers and sisters, he's not listening to your prayers. Not until li- not you go correct it. This, this sermon's harsh for me, y'all. There's a lot of things I didn't know that I, when I started studying on this, I started to realize, man, so many times I have prayed for something and he didn't even hear me. And you'll say, but God hears all your prayers. When it's a real prayer that's about his will, yeah, he hears it. When it's a prayer that doesn't line up with his will, y'all, I told y'all this a couple weeks ago, that stuff ain't getting to heaven. He don't allow that mess up there. You got to be praying the right kind of prayer. You got to be praying a real prayer if you want it to get there. And if you're hind- if all this stuff is hindering your prayers, guys, no wonder you're living life with all these unanswered prayers and all these issues, and God haven't blessed you with the things that you're praying for. Think about it. It's blown my mind. This, this sermon really has. It's really made me think about a lot of things. How you treat others can hinder your prayers. If you hurt someone and you do not mend that relationship, God will, answer, will not, again, answer your prayers. So if you are in constant prayer about something and it's going unanswered, stop and think, how have I been treating others? Think about it. I've been praying for this for 21 days. Why is it not getting answered? Oh, probably because I treated this person like a jerk a few weeks ago and I saw him again and I didn't even say hi to him. And Yeah, there you go. This is biblical stuff, y'all. And for you husbands, mm. in 1 Peter chapter 3, the Bible tells us that if a husband does not love his wife like Christ loves the church, Your prayers will be hindered. We've talked about that verse a lot, but it'll definitely make you think, men. Things aren't going right in your home. How are you treating your wife? And you know, it's not even just that. It's it's protection over your wife. Because it says love your wife like Christ loves the church. It's not so much am I being mean to my wife, am I fulfilling the needs that I'm supposed to as a husband. When your wife is, for two weeks, she's she's down and she's depressed and you hadn't asked her what's going on, you hadn't prayed over her, maybe your prayers are not getting answered. It's not just how you're treating her, it's how you're loving her. Are you protecting her? Christian Warriors, I challenge you today to reach out to the ones you have wronged and mend those relationships, because I need you to catch this. When your prayers are being hindered, it's not just affecting you, it's affecting the people that you're praying for. Y'all get that? Because if your prayers ain't getting there, the people you're praying for, it ain't helping them at all. It's not just you. So the next time that you're treating somebody like dirt, and then you got a family member who gets cancer, and you start praying to God, "God heal my family member." He's not hearing it because you got all this other mess behind you that you ain't taking care of. That's at home with some people right now. It's not just about you. Your prayer life, and if your prayer life, if it is just about you, again, it's not getting to him the seventh and final reason our prayers are not being answered is (laughs) it's the toughest one to understand that's why I wanted to finish with it it's also the only one that you do not have full control over these last six you got full control over those we've gone over these last six now you know I can do these things if my prayers aren't getting answered and hopefully get this on the right track to where God starts to actually answer my prayers but this last one You have zero control over and that's God's will. That one's hard. I know. As soon as I said it, everybody was like, "Eh, I know. You know, how many times people come to you, you're praying for something that don't happen. I remember pastors, you know, pastors do this. Y'all get mad at me. What's God's will? Well, guess what? It is, okay? It's God's will. But we're going to go over God's will because I want you to understand it more. I don't want to just tell you it's God's will. I want you to understand his will. And why sometimes things do happen and it falls under his will and we have zero control over it. God's will is uh, it's what he determines to happen. However, we do still play a role in this. We do play a role in part of God's will. His will will happen in one of two ways. He has his conditional will and he has his unconditional will. His unconditional will is what he determines to happen regardless of what anyone does. No matter what you do, it's not going to change anything. It's already set in place. He's already made up his mind. It's already in the book of life. There's no changing it. That's his plan. This is how it's going to happen. No matter what you do, you're not going to change his mind. There is no control over that, Right? And sometimes we have to come to terms with it. But then there's his conditional will. This will is based on our involvement. An example of this is us being saved as Christians. His will is for all of us to be saved. But we have to make the decision. We have to accept him. God wants us to have great things. He wants us to have a peaceful life full of love and joy. But it all depends on if we pray for it or not. Mm. James chapter 4 tells us that you have not because you ask not. I didn't know if I wanted to put that in there, but I feel that's what he wants me to do. When God is saying this, you have not because you ask not. He he wants to give you his will. But if you never go to him and ask for it, he's not going to give it to you. When we pray, we're asking God to release his will from heaven to earth. What we're doing. That's what prayer does. We're involving ourselves in His conditional will when we do that. But here's where we run into a problem. And I know all of y'all are thinking it right now. How do you know if it's His conditional will or His unconditional will? How do you know that? Guess what? I got an answer for you. Are y'all listening? Are y'all listening? we have no clue it's a little heartbreaking but it's the truth so in other words you should approach every prayer with the confidence that it is conditional because we don't know we have no idea I really struggle with, uh, with healing. I'm a huge believer in healing. Huge believer in that. I've watched it work. I've watched it not work. When, uh, when my mother-in-law got cancer a few years ago she did exactly her and my father-in-law both did exactly what the book of James tells us to do and that is to go to the elders of the church they will anoint you with oil and they will pray over you and the prayer of faith will heal you that's what it says they came we anointed her with oil this was before we expanded and did all this stuff but we were back here in in an office that is now one of the kids rooms And I remember us standing over her and praying over her. And I immediately had the peace that my mother-in-law was going to be healed. And I told her that. Now, she had to go through a process. She had to go through that. She had to do radiation. She had to do some chemo. She had to go through those things. But what I loved about my mother-in-law was she knew she was healed. And she said that. I watched her become healed in that process. I've watched instant healing. I've watched, I have prayed over my child before, and she was instantly healed. Instant healing. I've seen that. But I've also seen, I've watched my father die of dementia. And praying over him day after day after day. And he never got better. I've seen that. But what I need you to grasp is, my mother-in-law, that was God's conditional will. Me praying over my child, that was God's conditional will. If we didn't step in and do it, would it have happened? My father, that was his unconditional will. But guess what? I still stepped up and I still tried to make it happen. Regardless of the situation, I believe. I believe. That's all he asks us to do. He doesn't ask us to do anything but believe that it can happen. And I refuse to ever step up to any of y'all in this room. Or anybody that God puts in front of me, and He asked me to pray healing over them, I'm gonna believe it. And I'm gonna stand firm in it. That's when you gotta step in. That's that conditional will. But guys, again, if you don't do it, does it happen? Jesus did this. When Jesus fed the 5,000 men, so 10, 12,000 people, right? Because you got women and children as well. You got a kid there with some fish and some bread. We all know the story. If Jesus doesn't step in, in God's conditional will, then people are going to starve. You see, there's so many times that God gives us the opportunity to be involved in his will. The problem is, is we don't have the courage to do it sometimes. And what happens is you missed out on some things. You missed out on a miracle. You missed out on a healing. And worst of all, you may have missed out on saving somebody's life. So quit worrying about how stupid it may look or how dumb you're going to feel. Just do it. And believe. Just believe.